Hey, Michael, how are you? Hey, Dax, I'm doing good. I'm excellent, man. It's good to hear from you. Wonderful, wonderful. You know, Michael, I had a couple questions that I wanted to start out asking for podcasts, but I think you got some great news today, and I just want to say congratulations, man. I'm glad you got that stuff behind you. So, hope all is Oh, good. man, thank you. Thank you. It's wonderful. Good, 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 good. All right. So, I'm going to, you know, Michael is a, a, a gentleman. I have seen his TikToks, and I enjoyed them. And I thought, you know what, we should have a conversation, especially about metaphysics. And first of all, I want to say thank you for sharing your knowledge on TikTok. I know that the, the, your subscribers and the people who follow you truly enjoy you. I'm glad to have now become a part of that tribe. And, you know, tell us about yourself, introduce yourself, what you think is important that you'd like people to know about you. And if you hear some birds or some stuff in the background, I am in my natural studio and nature is my engineer. And, you know, you pick up lots of other things besides our conversation, but it's all a blessing. Okay. Yeah, so I'm, I'm in kind of an environment myself, too. I got a little bit of background noise with traffic and stuff, but it's the best I got right now. Um, yeah, so I I, uh, <clears throat> I recently been putting a lot of information out there on TikTok because I, uh, I study esoterics and the truth. I'm real big on the truth itself. I have uh, faith in the ultimate truth, the ultimate manifestation of truth, the objective truth of reality itself. And that's, that's what I do. That's what I study. That's what I practice. I'm a student of the truth and a metaphysics practitioner. So I, I study the truth all the time. It's what I spend most of my time doing is just working on finding the ultimate objective truth of reality, knowing what it is, what it's made out of, where to find it, and how to talk about it. You know, it's, it's my, favorite, my favorite topic. All right. All right. So, so I, have, I have a belief or a knowing and and for me, life has no meaning except the meaning that you give it. So the meaning you give it is your truth. And that, that this truth, you know, some of us have a truth that's founded in natural law and, you know, it, it, it is well supported in terms of manifesting results. But some of us have a truth that holds us in conditional reality and in fear and, and, and you know, um, inability, victimhood, you know. So, so how does that truth that you are speaking of differ from the truth of the I, I, I individual choosing his own reality? Ah, uh, yeah. So you're talking about the difference between an individual truth and the ultimate objective truth of reality. So... The way that we know the truth, when we experience it, when we know something is true, we feel it. It is both in our mind and in our feelings at the same time. Yes. And that's, that's what's called our moral fortitude. So we've got the morality of our mind and the fortitude of our feelings that feel. And they both validate the truth to us because the truth itself, the ultimate truth of our reality, is both independent of itself and self-evident. Just like our, our, our self-evident mind and independent of themselves feelings. So that's, that's, the way, that's the way we know the truth is because of our moral fortitude. And it's different from our conscience because our conscience is what tells us or makes us feel guilty. That's not moral fortitude. Our moral fortitude 
is the difference between right and wrong in the face of adversity, when it is being pressed and, and when, it's, when it's difficult to find the, the righteousness in a situation. That's our moral fortitude, and that's how we know the truth. All right. Is through All right. that. So, 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 you know, I, I've seen one of your quotes that says, your work caused suffering herself the most gifted and sophisticated teacher in creation. Can you explain how she taught you the true righteousness is only manifested through the shadow of profound wrongdoing? Yes, that's one of my favorite um, one of my favorite quotes is that true righteousness is only manifested in the shadow of profound wrongdoing. And that's the difference between having knowledge and and intelligence and having true wisdom because wisdom requires moral fortitude. It has to be fortified through suffering. And we see a lot in society today where we have leaders with all of this intelligence and all of this knowledge, but they have never had to suffer through anything or overcome anything. So we end up with a lot of corruption. And, you know, when, when, we, when we have truly suffered, again, suffering is the most gifted and sophisticated teacher that we have. She doesn't miss a single detail. So when we suffer, that's when we really get in touch with our reality and with the truth, because the truth hurts. That's what it does all the time. No matter what, the truth is going to hurt, and that's how it validates itself to you. So when we fall in love with somebody, the more truth that is in that love, the more it's going to hurt one day when they are gone. Because at the end of the day, whether we, whether we die or break up, one of us has to go. Somebody has to leave at the end of that relationship, and it's going to hurt. So... Mm -hmm. The, the measure of pain that you had before you were with that person and the measure of pain you had after you were with that person determines how much truth you had in you, you know? So the, the, the pain is the constant. It is the... Well, it is, what, what, what I hear you describing is attachment. Yeah. Yeah, so we, we have to... Again, the truth is always hurting. It's, it's like a fire, you know? We, we need it to see and to so feel. What about love? Where does love fall in this hurtful truth? So love, love is, is secondary to overcoming. Love is not the most powerful force in creation. It is the second most powerful. Mm. Uh, when, when we fall in love and we get our heart broken, which is inevitable, you know, again, somebody has to die at the end. When we get our heart broken, then we must overcome love, which mm. means that overcoming is more powerful. You know, I... I, I... I understand exactly where you're coming from. I, I I can see it. I can see that 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 line of truth, you know. Mm -hmm. But I would, yes. I would I would I would suggest that there is a greater, you know, existence that is in this love. Where where does the the music and the beauty of music and 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 the rhythm of nature and the seasons and the the the, the waterfalls and the, the the mountains and the you know amazing sunrises and sunsets where do those fall in line with your truth oh the balance yeah i think you're referring to the balance okay so we in this reality everything that we can perceive has its exact opposite pressing against it at all times. So when we, when we see divinity, you know, divinity is two exact opposite things that are together in the same place at the same time while being separate from each other, which is impossible 
But we see it every day when the sun comes up. When we see a beautiful sunrise, the darkness and the light come together perfectly. There's not a line that's separating the two from each other. Mm -hmm. They come together perfectly, and they move through the sky perfectly. Mm -hmm. And such is divinity. That is how divinity works. It's divine. So, you know, again, in our existence, when we have for example, we are as, as beings of light, we are doing and being at the same time. You're coming, going, doing, and being metaphysically. So that's impossible. It's impossible to be coming and going at the same time, and it's impossible to be doing and being at the same time. However, that's exactly what we are doing. And why, is, why is it impossible? You know, it, 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 is the, it is the reality. Yeah, well, as, as a singular creature, we're doing more than one thing at the same time. You know, we're doing and being because I can't stop doing no matter what I do. Even if I sit down and stop doing everything, I'm not doing anything. I'm still doing something. And if I'm if I'm sitting down doing something, I'm also being at the same time. Now, being and doing are opposites. Well, being and doing are two different things. OK, so 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 how would you relate this idea to your, you know, um, ex, 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 to your experience because that this is something that how do you know this how do you know what you're saying oh so i i had a very very unique education uh like i said suffering is our greatest teacher and i i spent my whole life doing that I, i've suffered my whole life starting from when i was a child i had i i was brainwashed by counselors and our family was terrorized i grew up in uh, north dakota and my father was uh, at North Dakota was for more than 10 years running. They were the they had the most hate crimes per capita in America. They had more hate crimes than any other state in the country. And my father was a six foot three African-American or black man from Detroit. So he really stuck out in North Dakota where it was an all white population. And we were terrorized by a prison guard. We had a prison guard that would call and leave messages on our answer machine about killing and mutilating black people. And we would always get threatening calls. People would drive by our house in the middle of the night, letting off gunshots. So we lived in fear for almost a year and a half straight when I was 12 years old. And this is where my education began because my father was a very, very unique kind of man. He was very, very different. He was born in 1945. So his education was very different and unique. And when we began getting terrorized, what he did was he would teach us to keep us from being scared. And one of the first lessons that I learned was that he absolutely, there's no way to prepare somebody for imminent extreme physical violence by sheltering them from it. Because my father told me once, he said, son, there, there's going to come a time in your life where somebody's going to hurt you. They're going to attack you for no other reason than because of who you are and how you look. And I cannot prepare you for imminent extreme physical violence by sheltering you from it. So dad would hit me hard. He would, he would always, when I, when I messed up in my lessons and in my, in my, in my studies, he was very physically disciplined and very strict about it. And he had to be because when I went to school, the kids in school would beat me up. They would take my hair and use it to hold my head down while they punched me in the face and call me the N-word and, and Jew boy and all of this other stuff. So I got beat up in school and there was nothing my dad could do to stop it because there was no homeschool in this place. It was a small state, small town, small area. He could not leave me at home because social services would take his children away. So he had to send me to this school where I would be attacked and beat up all the time. So in order to, 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 to prepare me for that, he had to strike me harder than those kids at school would strike me. And the only time I really got in trouble with him is when I did not forgive those kids, when I, when I lost my temper. He said, son, you need to forgive those children who hit you and attack you because they're just children. They're not like you. 
You're a grown man. Metaphysically, my dad had treated me as an adult at 12 years old. He said that I had to have the metaphysical fortitude of a fully grown adult at 12 years old. He needed to raise me to be his equal because he needed me to help protect the house in case they came. Because he, again, growing up where he did in Detroit, Michigan, Black families would be disappeared in the middle of the night all the time. You know, they would have 40 hooded robes show up with the KKK and burn a cross and snatch up the whole family and mutilate them. That was before the civil rights movement. So this was a very, very serious, very scary time for about a year and a half. It was in the newspapers. I'll show you the newspaper article sometime. It's crazy. The system did what the system does. But uh, we were terrorized for a long time. And I got a very unique education as a result because dad had dad was into he was really into esoterics. And he got he went to college at Wayne State University and studied motion picture production. And he was an astrologist. He was an artist. He was a painter. He was a singer. He was a musician. And he always, always took the time to very carefully, meticulously teach us absolutely everything that he had learned in this entire world. And every lesson started with if this was the last thing you would ever learn, what is it that you would want to learn, son? And if this is the last thing that I'm going to teach you, what is it that I should teach? And that is how our lessons were. And that's why everything that we learned was based on moral fortitude, the morality of the mind that thinks and the fortitude of the feelings that feel. Now, my dad saw me getting upset and getting me, getting angry at, at the fact that I was being beat up and the fact that he had to beat me up at home and that I was always getting hurt and always getting beat up all the time, just about every day, one way or the other. And he saw me getting angry and he saw me changing. So he had to make a sacrifice. He did something extraordinary, something actually supernatural. Not only was it supernatural for him to have to strike me because I was his favorite son. He told me all the time that I was his favorite because I had a pure heart. But he actually conceded with the counselors because when he was going to sue the state for this prison guard that was terrorizing our family, he went to litigate them. And in order to sue them, they had to send me to counselors to validate that there was trauma. And these counselors brainwashed me. They told me that it was my fault that I was getting beat up in school and that if I just shaved my afro off and didn't draw attention to myself, then I wouldn't get beat up so much. And they were right, because as soon as I cut my hair off, the kids didn't have anything to hold my head down with. They couldn't hold my hair down to hit me in the face. But uh, they made me think it was my fault. And then they said that it was my parents' divorce that made me act out and get in trouble. Now, my dad had to concede instead of fighting with them and arguing with them and, and, and making it a problem what he did was he blamed himself so that I would hate him and not the world. He said, son, it was the only... He said, son, I'm sorry I couldn't keep your mom by our side, and it's my fault that the family split up, and the counselors are right. So he did that to sacrifice his relationship with me to make me hate him and not the world, and it worked. I was very angry at my dad. I was mad at him. I was, I was always, always pissed off at him for being so strict with me and disciplining me. Yeah. Hold on a second. You know, Sorry about that. As you know, no, 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 no. It, it, it's a really compelling story, and I'm I'm sorry to to interrupt it because it it is, it is, very compelling. Something that we want to hear. So I want you to, to 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 share and continue with the story. But I have to mention, IBI, UBU, you know, and, yeah. and that is so funny that at 53. I, I realized that while in school, in, in, at the age of, you know, eight or nine in school, I was a bully. I was that kid who would pick on other kids 
because I was much bigger than them. But I didn't know I was being a bully. I thought I was just playing around. But for certain people, years later, I had to recognize, and they made me recognize the, the, how much of a bully I had been. No, I'm, I'm certainly not, you know, holding people's head and bashing them into the floor. This, this one person, I would keep punching in, in, him in the arm, wanting him to respond. And he was just very upset and angry and just what was not, he didn't dis- show his, his, his feelings. And I kept, you know, picking on him because I wanted to get him to respond and react, you know? And yeah. years later, as an adult, I can now take full responsibility for how awful that, that is and, and how much, you know, I, 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 I don't want to be that person, you know? And that yeah. this is the, 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 the process we have in life, that, that we are growing constantly we are moving forward so i i want you to continue but i also want you to realize that you know that's a story like my story and that we have the present to create our current reality and what we want to put our attention and and focus on now you know Yes. I, I happen to have a beautiful present moment, actually, because of it. I keep this story really close because it makes the present moment that much more beautiful, you know? Yeah. yeah. But yeah, so so it, uh, I ended up listening to the counselors. They told me that I needed to shut up about it and forget about it. And if I forgot about it and left it alone, that it would go away. And they were right. I forgot about it. And I had amnesia my whole life. I completely forgot that we were being terrorized by that prison guard. I forgot that we were living in fear because it was so traumatizing for me, my, my mind segmented it off and made me forget about it. Now, that's when my dad did something remarkable because when he was, when I was in his favor, before I became rebellious, he always called me by my middle name, Michael. He, you know, he told me, son, that is, that is who you are. You are named directly after the Archangel Michael. That is who you are. But when I became rebellious, he started calling me by my first name, Nathaniel. And when he said it, it would drop me to my knees. I mean, it was painful. It was physically painful because he used my middle name, Michael, like a term of endearment. And to be... I was a bad kid. I was a troublemaker. I was no good. It sounded like a cuss word. So I became Nathaniel. But he changed my name again. He changed Nathaniel with A-E-L at the end into I-E-L. He switched the A to an I. And esoterically... That, that changes from a, the gift of God to an individual. The I is for individual. So he made me a much more individual person and set me on the path of learning. And nice. I, I had amnesia. I didn't get these memories back until just a few years ago when I was living in Idaho with my, with my wife, my significant other. And I started to get all these memories coming back about my dad and about being terrorized and about all the information that he taught us and all of the knowledge that he gave me. And I thought I was going crazy. I really thought I I went to the doctor and they said I had PTSD. They told me all these things were wrong with me, but it was just my memory coming back. It was the programming that my dad did to me. You're waking up. Yes. Yeah. I woke up. It was, it was a terrible awakening. It was, it was violent. It, It all came back in a rush. And I, you know, I spent my whole life that 20 years that I didn't remember being Nathaniel. 
I was the troublemaker. I was the rude boy, as you would call it. I, I picked a fight with anybody taller than me. I went in and out of prison for, for seven times I went to prison. And I, I took the school to prison pipeline. So I was fully indoctrinated. I was fully brainwashed into the system. And I did not have an identity. I didn't know who I was. I was trying to get into a relationship when all I would do was cheat on every girlfriend I had. I had no morals, no principles, no nothing. I was in the void. So I spent my whole life suffering, living in the void. I went to the school of suffering. And I was able to learn two things for sure. That all the intelligence and all the knowledge in the world are just weaponized stupidity without the wisdom of moral fortitude. And moral fortitude requires suffering and overcoming. And that way, that way a person can have real wisdom and actually have empathy for others. So when I see people who, who are called bad and called terrible, I feel bad for them because I know they're suffering. You know, that, that's the short of it. Hold on, hold on. No. Do you believe there is a program in our society that creates suffering intentionally for a certain group of people? Absolutely. Right. So, so with that knowledge, then the understanding is that there are those who don't mm -hmm. suffer because they have the knowledge and understanding that suffering is, you know, not necessary. Mm hmm. Yep. Yeah. And that's again, that's the those are the ones who have all the knowledge and all of the intelligence, but no moral fortitude. The ones who are running society right now and running the place. No, 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 no. I, I, I don't believe that those who know better and don't suffer are necessarily the ones in charge of creating the suffering themselves. Hmm. So I, I'm saying that, that there are those who use this knowledge and intelligence to create suffering. But there yeah. are those who are able to avoid suffering and just accept life as an experience and, you know, not be attached to the, the ideas of morality or of social requirements and obligation, but instead allow life to unfold naturally. Yes. Yes. Okay. I, yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I, I think I see what you mean. They, they exist. The, uh, the people who know better. Yes. I think I lost your signal. Oh, are you still there? Okay. No, you're here. You're back. You're back. Let's go. Okay. Keep going. Yeah, so I, I lost I lost you at you were saying you you understood where I'm coming from, and that people, but you didn't I didn't hear that part. So go ahead, please repeat. Yeah, so we do have we do have people out there that that are that are that are good and haven't actually experienced you know a whole lot that that are still balanced. I, I I think I know what you're getting at. I think that makes sense. Right. So, so the goal, what is the goal? At the end of the day, what can the individual who is listening to Michael, whether he's on TikTok, whether checking you out on YouTube, you know, I know that you love drumming and we're going to get to drumming. We probably have to come back to a whole new podcast about drumming. But ultimately, what would be your fundamental advice to the individual regarding Suffering or not suffering? 
the balance that to keep that to keep whatever bad experiences whatever darkness comes to keep it close and keep it next to you the suffering is your fire it will burn you to validate itself to you however you need it to keep warm and to see so the balance is is everything our creator i believe whoever created every bit of our reality is not good but balanced our creator made everything in perfect balance so the yeah, good yeah. has to do with the bad the yin and the yang Yes. Yeah, the balance has to be there. So we got to take all the bad and use it to make the good that much better. All right. All right. Before I let you go, can you talk about the only power greater than love? Yes. That is the light itself. Seven spectrums of radiant electromagnetic force. It does one thing and one thing all the time. It overcomes. Again, we see it every day when the sun comes up. The light overcomes the darkness. Overcoming is the greatest power in creation. To have even the tiniest bit of the power of overcoming is to possess the greatest power in existence. It is more powerful than love. Because when we get our hearts broken by love, we must overcome it. So overcoming is the most powerful force there is. Good, good. I got it. It makes sense to me. Now, what are the seven? You said there are seven aspects of that yes, yeah. yeah, seven spectrums of radiant electromagnetic force that we take in through seven layers of skin, and then we transmute it seven different ways. We are physically hearing, seeing, and speaking, and we are metaphysically coming, going, doing, and being all at the same time, which is divine. That's divinity, to be doing all seven things at once. I like it. I like it. I love it. I, 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 I absolutely understand. Um, and and, and you know, as, as, as I like to say, IBI, UBU, gives everybody that room to find their way. But yes. some of us are practicing things that don't produce any results. And I am excited because I find that what you're offering is definitely something I have been able to apply in my life and see results. I, you know, one of the things that you know, a couple of days ago, I, I, I heard you say about this, this, this force. There is this force outside us that, that it, in the overcoming, it requires the force. That if you're just at peace with, with the flow and going with it, you may not find yourself where you want to be. But that if you know where you're going and what your intentions are, and you are willing to overcome and apply that force, then you will find your way. Yes, the force is inevitable. Everything in our reality is a force with its equal and opposite pressing against it at all times. Everything, even a thought is a force, you know? Right. So yes, everything has that force. It's got to it's have its opposite pressing against it in order for it to exist, especially physically and metaphysically. And our words, especially, our words are the greatest force that we have. They're a metaphysical force that press directly against physical reality. And it's no, easy to forget that. No, no. What if you're using language and you don't have the, the, the real understanding of that, of, of the language you're using? I, you, you, you said... With every word, you need to know the meaning and its opposite. Yes. 
Yes, the words have a backside. They've got their root word and the antonym, their, their opposite. So every word we use has a meaning and a purpose. And in school, when we went to traditional school, they only taught us that the words have a meaning. They didn't teach us about the purpose because we and we feel the purpose. There is a thought and a feeling associated with every word that we use. And we were tricked out of the feeling part and, and led to believe that the feeling is not important when it is the most important part. How do we reconnect with those feelings and those meanings and purpose that words have? Ah, uh, that's an important question. That, that speaks directly to uh, what you would call modern meditation. And more, more than anything, awareness. Awareness is sentient. It is alive. And when you know it, when you have awareness of something, it does all the work automatically. As soon as you are aware of the antonym of a word's opposite, when you learn its exact opposite, then you will feel that word differently. You'll, you'll interpolate it differently because there's an interpretation and an, and an interpolation. The interpolation is the feeling. The interpretation is the thought. Do you... I, I encourage the process of introspection for the individual to look within to identify the things that are true for them and pay attention to the opposites of those things and how those that balance can actually be restored for the individual. Yes, absolutely. We, we as individuals are just exactly like an algorithm. And an algorithm, a good algorithm, has programmable introspection and hyper-adaptive parameters that adapt to anything. So when we program our introspection, if we change even one number, then the entire algorithm can change. So yes, introspection is, is everything. We, again, it's the antonyms of our words. When we learn the opposites of a word, that's the part that we feel. You know, so that's that's how we interpolate them different. Instead of just in, instead of just thinking, we can actually feel the words. So you have just described the foundation of the IBI UBU.me technology. That's exactly what we do to help the individual to look within, to re reestablish that connection. And it may be a process for some people. They may be very focused on energies and, and, and intentions that don't serve them currently, but that's where they are in their process. And as we work with them to realize, to look and take responsibility, that they in turn find that balance and then identify what is truly important to them and start putting the energies and the effort towards creating that reality. Beautiful. Yes, I like it. Because again, it's it's important to recognize the the balance, the the opposite. The the darkness has to be there with the light because the warmth and illumination of the light can only be measured in the depths of the darkness to which it is compelled. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, listen, this is a very interesting conversation. I'm sure there are many people who've listened and shared this information and they would like to know more about how they can be in touch with you and follow you more. Where would they find you on TikTok or, you know, on, on, on any of your, your, your productions and your, your, your channels? Yeah, so I'm, I'm on YouTube as Nathaniel Norris 337 and I'm on TikTok as Michael7078. And I'm also on Facebook as, as Michael Norris. 
Um, but yeah, uh, TikTok, I'm Michael7078. And on YouTube, I'm Nathaniel Norris337. Do you find any preference to each of any either of those three platforms? Yes, TikTok is where most of my work is at. If you go to Michael7078 on TikTok, you'll find a lot of useful information about metaphysics and about the truth and about the nature of the balance in our reality. You know, I, I like the TikToks, and I think TikToks has definitely a lot more engagement, and it's easier and more, more interesting. So I, I would strongly encourage you to continue doing what you're doing with TikToks. Make sure you get some ways for us to make donations so we can support you and your work. And I'm looking forward to some drumming videos and hearing more about being aware of the metaphysics and the, 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 the way that words affect us from one moment to the next. Outstanding. Beautiful, man. I love you, Dax. Thank you for talking to me today. It was great having this conversation with you. It's very therapeutic for me. Same here, Michael. I love you too. And I am looking forward you, to you continuing to shine and grow and more importantly, more, and, and also the music. I, I want, I, I know, I hear the drums already. <laughs> I hear the drums, man. Looking forward. Beautiful. Stay well, brother. Stay All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye.